Okay, good morning. Can you hear me? Oh, this mic is working. Excellent. It's so good to see you all. I hope you have all had a great half term. Um, your half term was probably a little bit warmer than mine because I spent two nights camping in the Peak District, as you do when you're married to Matt Yates. I have literally never woken up before with a frozen tent, but we did, so that was fun. Um, next February, we, we won't be doing that again. <laughs> it was good. Okay, if you don't know me, my name is Phil. Um, I'm part of the leadership team here at Real Life. I'm married to Matt. We have a little girl who is 12 and a little boy who is nearly 10. Um, I'm also on staff here just for a couple of days a week, um, and I run my own business, making things out of wood, or like that. I also occasionally get to stand up here and talk to you lot, which I do feel really privileged to be able to do. Um, normally, you'll see me up here singing, but occasionally I get to speak. And when Stuart asks me to preach, what he usually does is basically says, um, go and ask God what you think he's saying, and then go for it. So I, I get free reign pretty much, which is scary and exciting in equal measure. But anyway, out of that today, I did exactly that. And I feel like God said he wanted me to talk today about kindness. Now, when I read my Bible, I quite often Google words. I like to um, just look at what they mean. Even if it's words, I know what they mean. I find it gives me a slightly um, broader understanding of them or a slightly greater depth. So I did that with the word kindness. Now, kindness means the quality of being friendly, generous, and considerate. Friendly, treating people with warmth or a smile or a listening ear, inclusivity, Generous, showing a readiness to give more of something, usually money, than is necessary or expected. And considerate means to just show careful thought for somebody, careful not to inconvenience them or harm them. And I do also really love a good thesaurus word list. So again, did that for kindness, and this is what I got. Goodwill, affection, warmth, gentleness, tenderness, concern, Care, consideration, helpfulness, thoughtfulness, selflessness, compassion, sympathy, understanding, big-heartedness, friendliness, neighborliness, hospitality, amiability, courteousness, generosity, indulgence, patience, tolerance, graciousness, and mercifulness. That's a pretty good list to summarize a pretty good word. Now, when I think of kindness, for me, quite often, it is linked to love. They, they're inextricably linked. You can't separate, or I don't think you can separate one from the other. So kindness is inspired by love, and love, inspire, love inspires kindness. Kindness comes from that place when you deeply love somebody. They are linked. Now, if you've never read the book, The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman, in fact, give me a wave if you've read that book. Who's read that one? Oh, good. If you've not read it, can I highly suggest you read it? It is absolutely brilliant. And what it basically talks about is how um, everybody who is different and everybody feels loved and shows love, receives love in slightly different ways. And he calls that your love language. Um, so there are five of those love languages. So can, the people who said they've read it, can you shout out for me one of those love languages and let's see if between us we can get all five. Good. Quality time. Thank you, Mike. Excellent. Gifts, yes. Yes, acts of service. Yep, oh, at the same time, very good. Good words. One more. Physical touch. Yeah, I noticed all the men said that one. Um, yes, so those are the five love languages. <laughs> now, what, yeah, what this means basically is, say for example, your uh, love language is acts of service. You will feel most loved when someone's doing something for you. So, for example, washing up or putting the kids to bed. Just checking you're listening here, honey. 
Um, that's, if, you, if that's your love language, acts of service. If your love language, however, is quality time, what you would prefer is for them to put down the marigolds and come and sit with you for half an hour and chat, completely uninterrupted, giving your full attention. Now, one of my top love languages is gifts. I love it when someone pops a little goodie bag on my doorstep or Matt comes home with flowers or someone goes to a shop and buys me something because they said they saw it and it reminded me of them. It makes me feel really loved. And to me, that is a really obvious expression of kindness. And this is often how I express kindness and love too. So if I wanted to bless someone, usually I would do it by taking them a little present. Now, the eagle-eyed amongst you may have noticed there are a few extra little things on the stage with me today. Now, I know it's normally me that puts all the extra stuff up on the stage, but today there's a little bit more. These are all things that I particularly love. Okay, so if you don't know me particularly well, pay attention to this and you'll know me a little bit better. I like a glass of wine. I do. I really, in particularly, love a Marlboro Sauvignon Blanc. If you want to write that down, anyone, feel free. Um, this is one of my favourite wines, Marlboro Sauvignon Blanc. It is delicious. And I quite often enjoy that in a bubble bath. And my favourite thing to do while having a bubble bath is anything made by the sanctuary. Now, this bit is a bit girly. Sorry, guys. The rest I think you can enjoy, but this is a bit girly. Anything from the sanctuary is amazing. Absolutely love it. Their salt scrub here, particularly good. I'm not on commission for them. I just really like it. Um, and chocolate. I do really like chocolate. And two of my all-time favourites are Ferrero Rocher and mini eggs, which is good for me this time of year because they are freely available. So these are just a few little things that I particularly love. And if someone wanted to show kindness to me, or if I uh, wanted to show kindness to them, it would usually be something like this that I would buy. Now, what I'd quite like to do as we're talking about kindness, and it feels right, is I'd quite like to share some of these gifts with you. So does anyone fancy a Ferrero Rocher, mini egg, little bottle of wine? Probably wouldn't drink that now because it's not been chilled. But, you know, feel free to take it home. Um, or some bubble bath. So I've got my lovely assistant down here, Matt Yates, is going to come around with a basket. If you fancy one of these, give me a wave and we'll bring some stuff around for you. Who fancies some mini eggs? Anyone? Or wine? Would you like some wine, Katie? Mini eggs. There we go. Anyone else? Ellie, what would you like? Got some sanctuary, some Ferrero Rocher, some wine? I'm going to make you take something. <laughs> what would you like, guys? Those? Do you want something different? Matt will come around with the basket. Go for the mini eggs. Yeah, it's a good shout. Matt's going to keep giving these out for a minute. <laughs> Anyone for a Russia? You want the wine for a Russia? Yeah. Sanctuary. It's a really nice one. There we go. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's me walking in the front of the speaker. No, we'll do the rest in a minute. Now, there is enough up here for everybody. So if you've not got something now, I am going to basically make you come and take a little gift, have a little blessing before you go home today. Okay. Kindness in action. There we go. Oh, you're welcome. I would actually like to point out, I was going to do a couple of little things as random gifts. Melanie, who is the crazy, generous, kind one, said, no, buy it for the whole church. I was like, awesome. Okay, so I got to go shopping, and you get to enjoy all of this. <laughs> okay. Now, just over a couple of years ago, you will probably have all seen on the news that um, TV presenter Caroline Flack tragically took her life. She'd been struggling with mental health for a while, and her life in the public eye and the scrutiny that that brought just ended up being too much for her. 
And what happened as a result of that is you would have seen pop up everywhere the hashtag, be kind. And it was a message for us to just think about our actions, think about our words, to be kind to people in both of those things, because you never quite know what someone is dealing with in their personal life. And it was a good message. It was an important message. And for a while, it did really feel like it was getting through. People were trying harder to speak kindly. They were trying harder to be kind with their actions. Now, those of us who are here in the room or listening online who already know and love Jesus, who are already saved, we are the people of God. We are different from the people of the world. We are born again by the Spirit. We are sustained by the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, guided by the Spirit. We live in Spirit. Galatians tells us that kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. So if we are truly living filled up with the Spirit of God, kindness isn't something that we should have to strive for or work really, really hard for or put loads and loads of effort in. It's something that as we move in the Spirit and as we walk closer with Jesus, we should find begins to seep out of us. We begin to want to speak more kindly towards people. Our actions will naturally reflect that because we are children of God. We are born again by the Spirit. So whilst I firmly believe that the people of God are to be a kind people, absolutely, I am not going to spend the next 20 or so minutes teaching you how to be kind. And there's another good reason for that. I have honestly never known a bunch of people who are more shaped by their ability to be kind than you lot. And I don't mean generally the people of God. I don't mean generally Christians across the world. I mean real life church. You are an people who are absolutely outstanding at being kind. I alone have been bought mini eggs and Ferrero Rocher and wine and sanctuary stuff over and over again. And that's just me. And I know that's true of practically everybody here. Kindness runs in the lifeblood of this church, and what I really wanted to do was say well done, and just acknowledge that. Kindness shapes us, who we are as a church, who we are as a community. It shapes who we are, who, what we do. Generosity is all over you lot. You can see it in abundance. Whenever someone has a baby, or moves house, or is struggling financially, or emotionally, or physically, or if someone just thinks it would be nice to bless somebody else, this church jumps at the chance to do so. I feel really proud to say that I'm part of this church. I love being a part of it. I, I'm, I'm really proud to tell people outside of this church that I belong here. And I do have lots of friends outside of this church, people who aren't saved or people who just aren't from around here, but they know about us primarily through the kindness that they have received from us. And they haven't even come in the door yet. We're praying they will. When I was uh, prepping for this today, I asked a few people, what does kindness mean to you? And somebody who um, left the church a few years ago, uh, they had to move away, sent this message. Some of the greatest acts of kindness we have ever known as a family were shown to us during our time at Real Life Church. Your church stands on the foundations of over-the-top kindness of Jesus. And you are, as a body of Christ, so overtly good at mirroring to your community over and over again that kindness. In meals, Help, love, generosity, events. You are a kind people. People in Sutton Coalfield know more of the kindness of God because you, as a church, have been so good at showing kindness to others since the start. It made me cry a little bit when I read that. I'm trying not to now. It's all good. So 
I just wanted to say well done and thank you. You are an amazingly kind people. I also wanted to say that that doesn't come about by accident. That is intentional. As was said in that message and as I also said earlier, kindness has been woven into this church from day one. In the roots it has been planted in. It is right there, dug down into the foundations. And that, I really believe, is due to the people who came and started this church. I really believe that they have come and have shaped something that looks so beautiful now. So I want to quite publicly just honour Melanie and Stuart and Charlotte and Ben and the people who have come from the start and put kindness into the very roots of our church. Our church looks like this because of what they did all those years ago. So I just want to say thank you. And you can have extra chocolate and wine and stuff. Help yourself. <laughs> There's Pharaoh Rocha with your name on it there, Mel. Go for it. <laughs> just do it. You can have the big one. <laughs> So we're not going to talk about our kindness today. As I've said, you've already nailed that. Well done. We're going to talk about the kindness of God. I felt him say to me today that he wants to talk about his kindness and how important it is that we are a people who can accept the kindness of God. We are excellent at being kind to others. I've said that. But how good are you at accepting the kindness that our king has to offer you? I'm going to go a little bit deeper into some of the things I felt he spoke to me about. I feel some of you have come here today or are listening online and you're struggling with sin. And the shame of that sin is holding you back from coming closer to God and accepting the kindness that he's wanting to pour out on you. I feel like some of you are living with fear. And I believe God wants you to hand it all over to him today and allow him to show you his kindness in it all. Some of you are just laden down with so much baggage. And God today wants to, in his kindness, take that baggage off you and give you rest. Some of you are living under a constant pressure, either put on you by others, but I felt more strongly that it's put on you by yourself. You show kindness to others, but today God wants to show that kindness back to you. He wants you to know it's for you too. Some of you have a false view of yourselves. For whatever reason, you don't believe that the kindness of God should extend as far as you. And today, God wants to show you that his kindness was made exactly for you. And some of you don't see that God is a kind God. For you, he's distant. He's authoritarian. He might even be strict. Kindness isn't a word that you've often associated with God. And today I believe he wants to break down the lies that you've been believing and rush in with some beautiful truth. So I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to move as I continue to speak. And I just want you to be brave and do the same. I believe he wants to soften hearts today. I believe he wants to pour kindness into lives today. I could see as I was praying earlier, just as people were putting out their hands and saying yes to the kindness of God, shoulders were just relaxing and like leaden cloaks were just falling to the ground and people's eyes were being lifted and just burdens were being lifted off people. And I feel like that's what he wants to do in the room today. So Holy Spirit, I pray you will do that. I pray you will move as I speak. I pray you will put your finger on areas where you want to come and work. I pray that you will make it so clear that this is the safest place we can possibly be because here we are right in the heart of your kindness. And Jesus, I pray for us to be a brave people who will say, okay, God, do what you want to do today. Yeah. Amen. Okay. 
we're going to hop into some scripture, in case you were worried I wasn't going to open the Bible, Stuart. Here it is. Okay, if you go to Titus 3, verse 4 to 7, it's going to come up on the screen, so if you haven't got a Bible, don't worry. It says, when God our Saviour revealed his kindness and love, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ our Saviour. Because of his grace, he made us right in his sight and he gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. And then over in Ephesians 1, it says, He, God, is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his Son and forgave our sins. He showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. He didn't drip feed it. He didn't just give you a little stingy bit. He showered his kindness on us and that is amazing. Now last week it was actually Random Acts of Kindness Day. And as I said before, I love random acts of kindness. Who doesn't? They are such a blessing to people who receive them. But in these scriptures, we don't see a random act of kindness. We see the ultimate act of kindness. God didn't just give a bag of mini eggs or a bottle of wine. He didn't wake up and think, oh, who could I bless today? His act of kindness was planned. It was thought out and it was immense. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross in place for our sin. God's kindness is sacrificial. There was no bigger sacrifice than that. And he made it and he made it for us. He saved us. He saved us from the fate we were meant to have. We are a sinful people and the consequences of that sin are death. But God can't bear to be apart from us. That's how much he loves you, how much he loves me, wholeheartedly and completely. And in order for us to not have to be parted for him forever, The price for our sin, our mistakes, our evil had to be paid by one who is holy. And that person is Jesus. I honestly cannot think of a greater act of kindness than that. And he did that for us because he loves us. Something I want you to go home knowing today, deep down in the core of your being, is that not only is God's love for you immense, but he is for you. That means right now he likes you as much as he loves you. He is cheering you on. He is championing you. He looks at you and smiles. You are his child. And out of all of that, he wants to shower you with his kindness. And all you've got to do is let him. The kindness of God is sacrificial and it is immense. We are saved from the eternity we deserve purely because the God we serve is kind. We are redeemed because our God is kind. We are being transformed from glory to glory because our God is kind. We have an eternal hope because our God is kind. We don't have to walk through any parts of our lives alone because the God we serve is kind. Now, if you're one of the people I mentioned at the beginning who's never associated the word kindness with God, I pray now that the truth of these lies truth of these scriptures, sorry, will sink into your hearts and minds and replace the lies that you've had there before up until this point. If there's any consolation, I used to be just like you. I was one of those people who never associated the word kindness with God. I spent many of my formative years just conjuring up this picture of God that was authoritarian and graceless and distant. He was very ready to punish me when I did wrong and hold me to account with such sternness. But the concept of him as kind 
and gentle and daddy, it was alien to me. It wasn't the God I knew. He has set me free from so much stuff, and I know there is loads more to come. But I have to say, I think the day that he smashed apart my view of him as being that authoritarian, distant God probably was one of the most significant changes in my walk with him. My whole view of him changed, and therefore my whole view of how he saw me changed. I was suddenly aware that my God was kind, and a big chunk of that kindness was just for me. Now, this was the ultimate act of kindness. We saw that, going to the cross, sending his son to die, the ultimate sacrifice. Nothing's going to top that one. But it wasn't the only act of kindness. God continues to express his kindness in lots of different ways. And what other forms did his kindness take? How else can we know what it looks like? Well, we look at Jesus. Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. If we want to see God the Father, we have to look at God the Son. Now, we've been reading through Mark in our life groups uh, in the Christmas to the Cross series. Uh, So when I was looking for some stories all about Jesus and about his kindness, I thought, well, why not start in Mark? I'm not going to ask you to turn to Mark because this is going to be a whistle-stop tour. But there are loads of stories in Mark full of Jesus, full of his kindness, and he shows kindness to all sorts of people in all sorts of situations and in all sorts of different ways. So let's do a very quick whistle stop. Here we go. Mark 4, he calms the storm, and he did it in response to the fact that the disciples were scared. Mark 5, there was the bleeding woman. She touched his robe and was instantly healed. He didn't actively turn around and heal her. He didn't put his hand on her or say, by the power of God, be healed. His act of kindness wasn't that in that situation. His act of kindness was he wanted to know her afterwards. He wanted to know who was it. Who is the person that touched my robe? I want to see you. I want to take your hand and lift you up. He wanted to build that connection. He was responding to her in kindness. In Mark 6, you've got the feeding of the 5,000. And it says he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. They needed someone to lead them. They needed someone to provide. And in his kindness, he did that. Mark 7, you have the faith of the Gentile woman uh, when her daughter was delivered. She wasn't somebody who was Jewish. She wasn't someone who Jesus was supposed to be helping or supposed to be mixing with, but he did. He went to all kinds of people, and he helped them, and he served them in kindness. In Mark 8, you've got the feeding of the 4,000. And again, he said, I feel sorry for these people. They have no food. Compassion was one of our words. Compassion, kindness poured out of him. In Mark 9, you had the demon-possessed boy. He took him by the hand and he helped him up after he delivered him of his demons. He took him, he, this one really spoke to me, he physically took hold of the hand of someone who would have been considered dirty, who would have been scary, who no one else would have wanted to go near. But he physically reached down, took his hand, and in his kindness stood him back up to his feet. And in Mark 9, you see him teaching his disciples. This may not seem necessarily like kindness, but he knew what he was asking them to do once he had gone back to heaven. And he wasn't going to leave them ill-equipped. He wanted to make sure that they knew what they were doing. He wanted to give them all the resources he could. That's kindness. Now, we could go on and on finding stories in which we see Jesus being kind to people, um, but we're going to have just a couple of real-life stories. So I've got Gigi and Sarah, so they're just going to come up and just share a very quick story um, of the kindness of God that they have seen in their lives. Matt's got the mic for you, lovely. Thank you. Um, when Phil asked me for a story for today, I thought about a few things, but the one that jumped out for me was the story of how um, 
kind of three years ago, I was in a job that I had worked hard for and trained hard for, but there were a few changes and I became really, really unhappy. I wasn't valued, I wasn't appreciated, and I was anxious and defensive all the time, just not me, basically. And I went for a couple of jobs to try and get away from it and nothing happened, I didn't get those jobs. And I kind of expected God to ask me to wait. And I came across a different job on a night shift in a psychology team in a different service, completely alien to anything I'd ever done before. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. I've got nothing to lose. And I got shortlisted and I went for an interview and they asked me to do a presentation on working with psychological trauma. And I'm not even, I didn't know what to say. So I kind of made it up and I went in and did it. And long story short, they offered me the job, which I never expected. I didn't think for a second I'd get it. And so when I moved over to that job, I realised that that was God's kindness and God's favour in terms of the provision that he'd given me because I now work in a team where I am valued and I am appreciated and I get opportunities to do new things and I make a difference and I have space to have influence. And it's also a team and a management team who are unfailingly kind. That is kind of the core of what we do. We are kind to our staff. We look after each other. We notice when things aren't going well. We care about each other. And it's also given me a space to come back into church and to run after the things that God's called me to here in worship, in youth, in life group. And I see God's kindness in that as well because I was missing out on so much before, but his provision and his favour has put me in a place where now I experience his kindness pretty much on a daily basis. Thank you, lovely. Sarah, grab a treat. Uh, two weeks back, right after the sermon, um, the sermon was about the cleansing and purifications. And we were worshipping right after that. And I felt the presence of God. And uh, I felt something getting sucked out of my heart. Uh, I felt much lighter and um, free. I realized I was healed of a condemnation I was carrying at that point, which I hadn't even realized was there. And I thought I'll share the story because I was overwhelmed by the fact that uh, God would extend his kindness to me, his grace to me. Um, and heal me um, and do something that I didn't even realize I needed that. And thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. Beautiful stories. This is the God we serve. He is kind. He is pouring out all the time. And he does it with a kindness that is powerful, sacrificial and powerful. God's kindness tears our sin away from us and throws it as far as the east is from the west. It's through the kindness of God that we can stand before him. He has made us new. He has washed us white as snow. He's done what no earthly mother or brother or friend or church leader could ever do. And he has done it because he is unfailingly kind. But kindness is a two-way thing. Kindness is given, but it has to be received. Just like the mini eggs or the Ferrero Rocher or the wine, I could offer it to you. I could say, Charlotte, would you like some mini eggs? And she could go, no, thank you. Or she could (laughs) say, which I know she's going to say, yes, please. And she could enjoy them. And he wants that for us. He wants us to say, yes, please. He wants us to reach out with both hands and grab hold of the kindness he has got for us. Not just that one time where we say yes to him. Um, yes to his saviour, yes, sorry, yes to his son becoming our saviour, yes to his son being lord of our life, not just that one time, but continually, 
It's what he wants for us day to day. We don't have to do this on our own. We don't have to keep striving on our own. We can rest in the kindness of God. Now, during a moment of offering kindness, there's a connection that happens between the people involved, especially if the person receives it, receives it really graciously. Kindness builds connection. It builds relationship, and that's exactly the same with God. When we allow God to lavish his kindness on us, when we take it with both hands and say, yes, please, our connection with him deepens. We know him better. Our relationship with him grows, and we feel closer to him. It says in Mark 10 that Jesus was walking ahead of them on the way up to Jerusalem. The disciples were filled with awe and the people following behind them were overwhelmed with fear. The disciples walked closely with Jesus. They knew him. They had connection with him. They experienced his love firsthand and on a regular basis. And as a result, their response to him was awe. I don't know how you can be that close to Jesus and not be overwhelmed by awe. But the people who walked further away who kept a bit of a distance, their response was fear, overwhelmed with fear, it says here. When we come closer to Jesus, we see his kindness, we see his love, we see his heart with greater clarity, with greater depth. We feel it, we know it, we experience it more for ourselves, and that is what his heart is for us. If you're one of the people that's come today feeling full of fear, that's not designed to be in you. God doesn't want you carrying that. It's not his heart for you, and I really believe that this morning he wants to take that fear off you. I believe he wants you to allow him to exchange your fear for awe of who he is. Remember, he wants to do this because he is for you. Now, if kindness is such a lovely thing, why is it sometimes so tricky to accept it? Many of us do struggle to do it. I'm going to tell a very quick story. We've got some lovely friends who are not part of this church. They're not saved. They don't know Jesus. They don't know our fab church community. And she works in quite a stressful job. And one week, we could just see she'd had a really bad week. And I was like, well, you know, I'm a real-life churcher. What do I do? I make food or buy food for someone. So we text them and said, would you like a takeaway on Friday night? Um, and initially, they just said, well, um, sorry, that would be lovely, but we can't do tonight, but we'll have another night where we can get together and have a takeaway. And I was like, oh, no, sorry, I didn't mean us. We're not going to come round to your house when you've had a rubbish week. I said, can we buy you a takeaway? And they said, okay, uh, yep, that would be great. We'll send you the money over, let us know how much it is, and then we'll sort of do it that way. I was like, right, no. <laughs> okay, try again. Can we buy for you, as a gift, a takeaway because you've had a rubbish week? And I don't know about you, but I would not want to be cooking on a Friday night when I've had a rubbish week. And anyway, it went back and forth and back and forth, and they could not accept this takeaway. And again, as I said, it's just part of what we do here. It's our culture. So I didn't understand it, but for them, it was a real struggle to simply accept a really small act of kindness. They just couldn't do it. And there are many different reasons why we do struggle to accept kindness. I'm not going to go into them in depth, um, but I was reading this in a psychology journal, and these are just a few of them. It's a defense against intimacy. When you receive something from somebody, you feel a bit vulnerable, and you are connected. Like we said, kindness builds connection. Some people are scary. It involves you letting go of control. When we give, even though giving is a lovely thing, you are still in the driving seat. You are still in control of that. And receiving means suddenly you're not. And for some people, again, that's too scary. Self-sufficiency is another one. We are in such a self-sufficient world where we are encouraged to do everything for ourselves. It's how we should function. 
So to go against that, again, feels tricky. Some of us can believe it is just selfish to receive. We may have just been raised that it's better to give than it is to receive. It's better to be suffering than it is to be enjoying life. And as part of that condition, sometimes shame can come in there if we're asked to receive something. Sometimes we don't feel like we deserve the gift. Yeah, simple as that. And then the last one, this really obviously spoke to me, um, but I found it really interesting. The last one was women quite often find it hard to accept kindness. Women in particular are often raised to give and to care and to be the ones kind of gathering everyone up and making sure everything's going okay and looking after everyone to the point where we generally can find it harder to accept kindness than we can to give it. But the good news is that in spite of all these reasons being very, very real, they can all be changed because we serve a God whose kindness is not only sacrificial, not only powerful, it is transformative. And if any of those reasons I just said struck a bit of a chord with you there, if you thought, oh yeah, that one was me, you don't need to stay that way. And I believe the transformative power of God's kindness is here today and wants to set you free from those things. I believe God wants to shower you heavily in heavenly mini eggs. So we're going to bring it into land. I offer you some chocolate or some wine or some beautiful sanctuary products. You have two options. You can say, oh, yes, please, and go away and enjoy them. Or you can say, no, thank you. And I believe that's the same with the kindness God is offering you here today. I believe he is asking you to make an active choice here today. His heart is that he will offer you everything he has. And he just wants you to go, yes, please. Allow his kindness into your life. Allow it to soften your heart. And as we choose to receive more of God's kindness, we will be able to show more kindness to others. Not because we strive to, but because we will be transformed to be more like Jesus. When we saw the word kindness in Galatians with the fruit of the Spirit, it's actually translated from the word Christos, which, me, which means a softening or a mellowing of something that was once harsh. Kindness softens. Kindness melts away fear and defensiveness. It softens our hearts. It makes us kinder to others. It basically makes us more like Jesus. And is that not our goal? And when we become more like Jesus, that's when we see his kingdom begin to break out. That's when we see his kingdom begin to come on earth as it is in heaven. That's when we begin to see revival breaking out. That's when we see healing and deliverance happening. That's when we start to walk in an earthly world that looks increasingly like the heavenly kingdom of God. And that is why we are here. He chooses us to bring his kingdom on earth, but it's not through our striving that we are going to achieve this. It is not through trying to be more holy or trying to love people more or trying to do more random acts of kindness. It is through the transformative power of the Holy Spirit. And we have full access to that because our God is kind. So I'm going to ask you just to be a little bit brave and a little bit real with the Holy Spirit. What has he asked of you today? What has he started stirring up in you today? I do believe he has. What's he put a finger on and go, you know, you, that's for you? Is he saying to you, you know, you do deserve my kindness because you're my child? I think I felt that one quite powerfully. People here not feeling like they deserve the kindness of God, but you do because you're his child and he's got it in bucket loads for you. 
And is it you that's stuck in sin? Don't let that stop you from coming back to Jesus because he's not coming to you with condemnation and a big iron stick. He is coming to you with loving arms and kindness that he is wanting to pour out all over you. Remember that God's kindness is sacrificial, it is powerful, it's transformative, and it is readily available here for you today. Can the band come up, please? What I want you to do is just stand for me. Or actually, no, don't stand if you want to, kneel if you want to, sit if you want to. I want you to get yourselves in a place before God, in a place where you can come before the Holy Spirit. And if you want to receive the kindness of Jesus today in greater measure, if you want him to deal with some of the things that I brought up or said, I just want you to open out your hands. And just as the band start to play, I just want to lead us in a little bit of response. Some of you have come here today or are listening online and you are struggling with sin and the shame of that sin is holding you back from coming closer to God and accepting his kindness. But in Christ, there is no shame and no condemnation. Some of you are living with fear and today I believe God wants you to hand it all over to him and allow him to show you his kindness in it all because God did not give you a spirit of fear. He gave you a spirit of power. Some of you are laid down with all sorts of baggage and God wants to, in his kindness, take that from you and give you rest. Jesus says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Some of you are living under a constant pressure and I really believe a lot of it you're putting on yourself, a pressure to perform, a pressure to be something you feel the world needs you to be. But again, in Christ, there is no shame, there is no condemnation, and he has got so much kindness he wants to pour out on you today. Some of you have got a false view of yourselves. For whatever reason, you don't believe the kindness of God is for you. Can I say to you very, very loudly that yes, it is. You are a precious child of the King, and he is for you. Some of you don't see that God is a kind God. For you, he is authoritarian, he is distant. And today, Holy Spirit, I pray right now, you will break the lies that these people have been believing about you and rush in beautiful truth. He is the God that showers us with kindness. He is a kind God. Some of you are scared of becoming really intimate with the Father, of allowing him into every area of your lives, but you only need to know one thing. He is for you. Some of you are afraid of letting go of control, letting him take the reins. But you only need to know one thing. He is for you. And ladies, just for you, some of you are so used to doing it all and carrying it all and making sure you show kindness to everyone around you that now is the time for you to receive that kindness too. God's kindness is for you too, not just all the people you bless. You are his precious daughter and he is for you.
So as we finish and as we worship Jesus together again, I want you to picture your life, every aspect of it, every element, and think how different would it feel if you saw your life through the eyes of kindness that God sees it through? How would you live differently? How would you think about yourself differently? How would you think about others differently? The God we serve is kind. And today he has a kindness for you that is so immense it sent his son to the cross. God's kindness is sacrificial, it is powerful, it is transformative, and it is readily available today for you. Jesus, we thank you for that truth. Cheers.